Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone. I am St. Jan, the keeper of the keeper. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. With me away across the pond from the land of the Red Dragon is the gold standard in ghost hunting, Steve Parsons. Well, actually, I've taken over this evening and it's his uh, jailer, his wife here, Catherine Parsons. His better half. Definitely, without a doubt. So how's the weather across the pond? Because we're having a drizzly day here today. It's pretty much the same over here. Blowing gales and absolutely shocking windy weather. Oh. Not very festive. No, I'm sorry to hear that. It it doesn't seem too, too windy, but it's just not a very nice day. It doesn't look like, you know, it's, it's Christmassy at all. I don't know about you, Jan, but I have a husband sat next to me who looks quite worried this evening. Oh, he's been on the naughty list? No, I'm just waiting for it to send it to Downton Chronicles in the <laughs> International. <laughs> oh, they had the cutest spoof on, um, was it YouTube or whatever you want to call it, Ronnie? And they showed all the characters spoofing themselves. And George Clooney took over the role as the Duke. And um, they did a, um, you know, Scrooge thing. viewing Christmas future and Christmas past. It was such a hilarious thing. Well, anything with George Clooney is fine by me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Though he had the nerve to get married recently. I don't know. I know. How dare he? Apparently he lives over here, but I can't find him. (laughs) I'm thinking of partexing Steve for him, but there we go. Exactly. Well, are you pretty much prepared for Christmas? Uh... Pretty much apart from Ethan, the four-year-old, seems to be adding to his Christmas list every time he breathes in. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> um, it's, it's so magical, though, when they still believe in Santa Claus, because when you see their faces and their excitement and everything, I mean, it's just so terrific. We took them on a journey on Santa's express train. So it's a steam train that runs locally to go and visit Father Christmas. And we tried to make it very much a surprise, made out that the elf had arranged it. Oh, that's sweet. There's pictures of trains as we're approaching it. He didn't know where he was going. And when it finally dawned on him, I thought he was going to pass out. (laughs) Oh, that's so lovely. That really is. Was that so, the Polar Express? Similar. Very similar. Apart from we don't go anywhere near as far. <laughs> it's about a 10-minute journey, and you get off the other end. So you said Father Christmas. Is that what you call him over there? Uh, it changes. Ethan will watch a film and call him Santa Claus, and then the next day he's calling him Father Christmas. He, I, I think the man answers to anything. But I think that is a typical um, English or British term from everything I've read in the in the movies I've watched and things like that. Yeah, 
pretty much, yeah. We, when Ethan writes to Father Christmas, he tends to get a response from Santa, and when he goes to visit Santa, he calls himself Father Christmas. Yeah. So constantly changing. How are you, Ron? I can hear you in the background there. Yeah, outstanding. Have you ever heard my husband be this quiet and laughing? A man of few words, isn't it? Outstanding. Amazing. He's amazing. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, um, Whatever. Uh, Kat, have you ever had any Christmas ghost experiments or Christmas spirit ex- uh, experiences? Uh, well, if you're talking about Christmas spirit, the only kind I've found is in a bottle. <laughs> but that I'm sounds not- pretty good. No, I haven't, but I love re- reading all the uh, Dickens stories, who, of course, was a member of the Ghost Club, which is even more uh, interesting. And, so, and Steve has stood next to me with his book of Christmas ghosts. Well, good for him. So, anyways, <laughs> Kat, when I talk about Christmas spirit, I talk more than just ghosts and stuff. I'm talking about the feeling that you get, that it is, uh, that's what I was getting at. Do you get a spiritual feeling at the holiday? <laughs> Before I had the kids, I think I did. Um... I used to go to the Christmas carol services and it was very much a big family occasion and it used to feel very different then. But now that the, the kids are on the scene, it, it's really changed into something a lot more commercial, I think. It, it's all focusing on them, which is what, let's face it, what Christmas is really about in a family. The, the children kind of take over. I agree with that. I, I, I agree with that. And it's quite hard taking a one-year-old and a four-year-old to a carol concert and still being able to hear what's going on. That being said, uh, when you grew up, wherever you grew up in the UK, um, was there a tradition that you had particularly in your house? Um, Not really, and I think that's made me more determined to have little traditions now as an adult for the kids because I think we missed out on it a bit when we were younger. Um, Like I said, we've adopted the American tradition of the elf on the shelf. Oh, that's a shame. (laughs) But we, we do our own spin on it, and the elf has more help from Steve than he does from me, so he gets into quite a few difficult situations. And he has a friend. And he has a friend. Um, oh, what's his friend, Cat? Uh, the friend is the bear in the attic. Oh, oh. Um, of course, the children can't hear me, so it doesn't matter. All, oh, the toys, all the gifts and toys are hidden in our attic, so occasionally I have to go up into the attic when the children are in bed to wrap presents, move things around. And Ethan noticed there was a lot of knocking and noise going on above his head. So Steve created the bear in the attic who comes to stay with us at Christmas. Oh, why didn't you just have the Christmas demon? Ronald. In the attic. (laughs) Did you actually hit him just then? You know, you just, uh, yes, I did. Give the child nightmares. But (laughs) it would never go up the attic, though. So that's, you know, I'm just Ethan's favourite Christmas film at the moment is The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. So he's been watching that and Ghostbusters with his father since he was about two, isn't that right? About that, yeah. About two. So he was, Ethan and Oscar were never going to have a normal childhood in this house. (laughs) 
But you say about traditions and things, yeah, I, I think it's more now than when I was growing up. I, think, I really do think we missed out on it when we were younger. Mm-hmm. We're not an overly religious family anyway, but when we moved down here, my grandparents were very much the preachers in the chapel where, where they lived. So it, it became a tradition then to go to chapel on Christmas over the Christmas period to, to really join in then. So it's a later life embracing of it all. Mm-hmm. I, I know that uh, Steve had uh, Christmas traditions. I remember when he was very young, he used to dye his hair red and uh, play Ozzy Osbourne tunes. Uh, so uh, <laughs> oh, wow. I know that, uh, yeah. He He's frightening. Quite, quite the, somebody entirely different there. Huh? Certainly, my my hair was never red. No, it was blue. It was blue, and it would never have been Ozzy Osbourne, but it might well have been Susie and the Banshee. Oh, we're not familiar with that group, are we, Ronnie? I don't think so. Well, I'll tell you about my Christmas experiences. Um, When I was growing up, my parents would go to Midnight Mass, and my sister and brother are older than me, so... um, by the time I was old enough, my brother was old enough to um, be woken up and watch over us while my parents went to midnight mass. Then they would come home and wake my sister and myself up and would open our gifts at that time. And then once the excitement all, you know, um, petered out and everything, we were exhausted, they'd put us back to sleep. And that way they could sleep late in the morning and we'd just get up and play with our new toys. That is a very good plan. Why didn't we think of that, Steve? No idea. Well, we used to actually go to Midnight Mass. That was one of the traditions I imported from England. You imported? Yeah. Tried to educate the heathen Welsh, but unfortunately, <laughs> because it was midnight and because the cathedral at St David's was quite some distance away, that stopped. We went once, I think. We went once. After and I'd you... had an incident with a candle. Yeah, you tried to set fire to someone. <laughs> That's why I won't take him anymore, because he is a fire hazard. Well, nowadays they're having the latest Mass on Christmas Eve at 10 o'clock. I don't know if it's the aging of America or what, but uh, no more midnight Mass. It's at 10 o'clock in the evening. They've started to do that over here this year. They've decided to bring midnight Mass forward till 5 5 p.m. British time. Because of the alcoholics and the party-goers. They think exactly. it's their congregation, which really defeats the object of midnight mass. It's going to turn into midday mass if they're not careful. And then the shops could open for the sales. <laughs> <laughs> we recently had a um, national company have a heavy fine for putting their Easter eggs out before Christmas. Oh, my God. Oh, for heaven's sakes. Right. You know... That there's something very wrong with us. It it irritates me because they rush the holidays and um, it just stresses you out. Well, do you know what? I I like shopping and I don't like Sundays very much because the stores tend to be shut and it tends to be a very quiet day. Um, but this year I've noticed that just about every single shop store is open on Boxing Day, which I do think is wrong. There's no holiday at all. Christmas has become rather like the American Thanksgiving Day now, a one-day yep. single single day event, and then it's all rush off to the shops the next day to stop the sales. It's terrible, and if they only thought and used common sense, 
As my father said when I was young, he worked in retail. He said, the longer you keep the stores open, you just, you get the same amount of income. You're just increasing your overhead because you're paying your staff and, you know, keeping your building open. So you have to heat it. You have to, you know, have your lights on and stuff like that. So I really don't know how much more money they make. Very true. At the end of the day, they're still going to make their money in the sales a couple of days later. Exactly. Is, well, there, is there any indication that during the holidays there was more or less paranormal activity? Actually, well, you know, we talked about this yesterday on uh, the Next Generation show uh, morning with Roxy. Morning, uh, morning, morning edition with Roxy. And, yeah, um, historically speaking, whether there's actually more paranormal activity, there's certainly a stronger... People always associate these days... Um, Halloween with the paranormal, but in, historically speaking, it's this time of year, it's the midwinter, it's Christmas, that has the, the greater association with the spirit world, the greater number of ghost stories um, are, are linked to Christmas, and the, the telling of ghost stories in particular, and we spoke yesterday about Dickens and how everybody assumes and associates Dickens with the telling of ghost stories, and it's absolutely tr the case that Dickens produced an annual ghost story for his for his um, readers in I can't remember the name of the magazine he produced. Now, Catherine, but you're the great Dickens fan. Uh, household words. Um, I don't want to interrupt you. But you know, as Harry Price mentions, there was a book published in 1740. A uh, hundred years earlier, and it had that great title that Lou uh, picked up on yesterday. The full title being "Round About Our Coal Fire," or Christmas Entertainments, containing Christmas gambols, tropes, figures, etc., with an abundance of fiddle faddle stuff, such as stories of fairies, ghosts, hobgoblins, witches, bull beggars, rawheads, and bloody bones. Very proper to be read in all families. Was that the full title? That was the full title. Published in 1740, a book of Christmas that ghost stories. With that many words, who needs a book? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, it's interesting. We, we brought, Roxy brought up in the show after you left, Steve, that during Victorian times, they felt that some of the hallucinations were actually or some of the seeing of spirits was actually caused by the burning of gas lights in the homes. More likely caused by the burning of alcohol. Yeah, drinking out of such. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that's the case. I think that the gaslight ghost, I think, comes from Doctor Who, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's no real association with uh, gaslights. Yeah, I suppose you could get some form of carbon monoxide poisoning, which would lead to hallucinations, but... You know, they, they were handling gaslighting for 100 years and they were very, you know, they were pretty skilled with the use of it. Um, and I don't think the houses were that tight that... No, uh, I agree. ...would build up as much. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, you know, there is the Doctor Who story, the, uh, the gaslight ghost, and I think maybe that's that's had a, a, a bit of an influence. Mm hmm well, I ended up being a minority on that discussion because I, I poo-pooed it. And, uh, yeah, so, anyways. Well, I'm with I you on poo-pooing it. I could have had my ally then, but I didn't. <laughs> 
in my job, I meet a lot of different people who come in just to do normal day-to-day business. And I had the local coroner come in today, and he said, oh, I'm shut for the next couple of days. And I said, oh, well, at least you'll get a break. And he said, to be honest, I'm shut. But he said, this is my busiest time of the year. So that's quite unusual to think that his busiest time of the year is over Christmas. I wonder if that has any effect on things. Wouldn't you think of it? I mean, I, I imagine there's a correlation between the holidays and suicides as well. And, and loneliness and the colds. Yes. Well, exactly. From my nursing days, I remember that uh, Christmas Day afternoon was always the uh, one of the high spots of the year for heart attacks uh, yeah. and strokes, simply because people are just overindulged. overindulged. Right. Unfortunately, today we just heard from my sister that her... Um, daughter's father-in-law just passed away this morning he had suffered a stroke i think back on the third of this month and he had been lingering on and on and this morning he just finally gave out but i had a cousin that died on christmas day and i had an aunt his own mother that died just before christmas so from my experience it isn't all that unusual I, I I don't want to make light of the subject of death, uh, particularly uh, you know for anybody that might be listening or have recently lost a loved one. Right. But you know, every year on on Christmas Day, there is there is almost a which famous celebrity is going to pass away at Christmas? Um, and the first of the new year. And the first of the new year. Right. We did seem to have a rush of celebrity deaths around Christmas. And I must admit, you know, uh, I think I've commented a few times tongue-in-cheek, and it is only tongue-in-cheek, that I wonder which famous people will uh, pop the clogs this year. Yeah, Joe Cocker. Yeah, Joe Cocker just died. It's a bit early, though. It doesn't count. It's got to be Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. What a waste of a, I mean, what a waste of a present. How inconsiderate can you be? Hmm. Especially if you had them in the poor. <laughs> <laughs> But between Steve's family and my own, shortly after Christmas becomes an even bigger nightmare for us because we have a huge run of birthdays in the first two weeks of, well, just slightly over the first two weeks in January. So uh, we go from one nightmare of spending a lot of money at Christmas to the nightmare after Christmas. Christmas. Damn inconsiderate of them. You think they would have spaced their birthdays out later in the year, don't you think? They need to find something else to do, I think. So that was during the spring. Uh... <laughs> There's always somebody that sits and works it out. Yeah. Somebody will work out in a minute that both our children really, uh, were, were no, all, ha- all three very close to Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> all three of your children with two different wives. <laughs> which, which, which is why Catherine's always so glad, glad to see the back of me every September. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and when you go away for October as well, though. But, you know, uh, Christmas, uh, you working in the bank, Cat, uh, uh, I mean, do you find there's a different atmosphere? Let, let me go away from the spirit pod, but a different atmosphere? Do you find a different atmosphere at the, the time of year? Um, you have some people who can be extremely festive coming in, quite jolly, very happy just to be there. But it becomes quite a heavy atmosphere. People are always worried about finances, money coming in, bills going out. Um, and we find that people can be quite short-tempered. Really? Very, yeah, very much short-tempered. They don't want to wait for anything because they've got somewhere else they have to be all the time. Um, and 
quite often you have to deliver the bad news that what they've expected might not be the way it is. Ah, I see that. Yeah, yeah sometimes, you know, I mean, we have, uh, you know, Wonderful Life here, that story. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw that. With, uh, yes, I have. Every time the bell rings, an angel goes to hell. <laughs> That would That's be you. Point. That would be you. No, Daddy, an angel gets his wings. Oh, it's something like that. <laughs> well, every time a Christmas tree goes up before December, you say that an elf dies, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what he says? That's what he told the kids. Oh, nice. <laughs> if you put the tree up before Christmas, an elf will die. Oh, my God. <laughs> like the people here that leave the trees up till um, Valentine's Day or, or something like that, you know, and they leave the lights on outside their homes and the decorations. It's, all right, enough, get it put away. I, I would, you know, I would think that the holidays, if, if you were a spirit, uh, that would be the time you would be doing visitation. I mean, because... You know, your loved ones, you you haven't, you know, that was a special time, I assume, for most people. Uh, and uh, you would want to be back to see what was going on, at very least, um, if I was a shirt. Actually, Nathan just said exactly that in the chat room, in amongst some uh, Karina giving me some flack for being the Grinch. Um, <laughs> Nathan, Nathan just pointed out, if, if one was a spirit, wouldn't one prefer to come back during the holidays and be with loved ones? Not my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Which, uh, which part of your family? The thing about Christmas is, it, you know, we, 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 we big it up commercially into this grand sort of family celebration. And, do you know, there are families who can't stand each other. And the thought of, you know, being locked into a building for 24 hours, <laughs> forced in front of a television, uh, you know, it, 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 it's akin to warfare, isn't it? Mm. There's you, a lot of politics. You know what's interesting is is that I was wrapping Gian's gifts today, and as I was doing it, I was just thinking how wonderful it would have been to be with you guys uh, in the UK for Christmas, just to um, see how you celebrated Christmas. I mean, did you do do the traditional thing with the the crackers and all that stuff, uh, or, or yeah. what? I mean, we definitely do crackers. Oh, it's very traditional. Uh, you know, we, we depends on whose tradition. We, though. We, yeah, we we wade through a mountain of wrapping paper. We burn the dinner. We watch the Queen. We fall asleep in front of the fire um, with the hat still on. With the hat still, <laughs> and then we the fighting breaks out usually by. Um, the short-temperedness, the kids not wanting to go to bed. Yes, yeah, actually, normal. yeah, the, 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 a, a big tradition uh, in the UK, and I, I'm assuming it's probably the same in America, is uh, it doesn't matter how expensive the gift, it's the box that's the better toy. Oh yeah, that's right. Yep, they'll play, they'll play with and in the boxes. Well, you know, I can give you guys a little trick to make your Christmas a little better. Because when my son was, was young, we always allowed him to have eggnog at Christmas during the day. And you of course, it was always spiked, so you know, we didn't have to worry about him falling asleep. He is so, so full of baloney, don't listen to him. Would never give alcohol to my son. So she says. <laughs> well, actually, that, yeah, well, Ozzy had a little sip of sherry on the Santa Express at the weekend. Yes, he's teething, so he appreciates yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. That's a different story. But to get back to your previous comment, I think the holidays can be very depressing for certain people because 
you tend to build up your expectations or certain people have expectations that aren't met or like you say they see relatives that they haven't seen in a long time and you know arguments start and all resentments surface and stuff like that luckily not with my sister myself and my immediate family but um this is radio you know <laughs> yeah just saying um i think that does happen in certain instances yeah. That's one of the great things about radio. They can't see whenever I talk, I have my fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I see where you're coming from. I don't want it to sound like um, it's a very depressing example. My husband is making a, a Jesus dance across the room. I'm getting a bit worried now. Um, going back to what I was saying. It's his birthday. It's <laughs> yes. I'm trying to concentrate for a change. It's like being in a room with a toddler. Would you behave? Um, we we are quite festive and we do look forward to Christmas. It's just the build-up takes a long time and we just want to make sure it's magical for the kids. Right. Yeah. And it's over so quickly. That's the exactly. thing. I think that's part of the attitude. I think Catherine just hit the nail on the head there. When I was growing up, Christmas started about a week or so before with the putting up of the decorations and the tree. Now it starts just after Halloween. And so by the time the actual day comes round, you're exhausted. You're in Christmas overload. In a way, yeah. I mean, it's almost like a sigh of relief, and and that's kind of sad. It is sad since the whole meaning of Christmas is religious and, you you know, spiritual and things like that as opposed to cross commercialization. Yeah. In the list here from the in the chat room of the famous celebrities who passed, the selfish ones who passed. I just said Dean Martin and Charlie, Dean, Charlie and Chaplin. Chaplin, James Brown, Eartha Kitt. Eartha Kitt, who sang loads of Christmas songs. That's right. Like to she die. Yes, and Dean Martin. the baby. Exactly. That's exactly the one I was thinking of because I couldn't think of any others. <laughs> so, and I Dean mean, Martin did loads. When he I, was I, I have one other question for you. You mentioned you watched the Queen. Does the Queen give a Christmas address? She does. Uh, she does her speech every year. And it's broadcast on the radio and on television with her summary of the year and her expectations for the next year for the United Kingdom. Nothing political. It's just about hopes of what we can achieve as a country and as a people. Hold on very well and- I'm having a new grandchild. Great grandchild. Great grandchild. Great grandchild. Hello, Queen here. God bless her, though. I mean, for having a monarch for so long, I mean, you have a constitutional monarchy, but she's always tried to do the right thing. I mean, people can make fun of her all they want, and I'm an American, but I have a great deal of respect for her in any case. What? When you think about how long she's been doing it, her age now and that of her husband, and they are still out there working hard every single day, whereas my grandmother just retired and and potched around her garden doing her plants. I mean, this lady's traveling all over the world in her 80s and achieving a huge amount. Well, we have to take a break right now. Uh, Does the Queen have her own teeth, by the way? She actually, because we're British subjects and not citizens, she has all our teeth. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International right here on Tujanet Pararex, Planet Paranormal, 
wherever else this crazy thing is. We'll be right back after the following messages. Monday mornings just got scarier. Tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for another episode of Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, and his inquisitive travel companion, Lou Blassie, the professor. Hey, that's me. Each week we'll delve into the realm of the supernatural where all that is is not what it appears to be. With remarkable guests, spirited conversation, and the occasional voice of the deceased, we'll bring you a whole new meaning to the term dead air. Ghost Chronicles, Mondays at 11 on Eagle Radio 1110. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. And spooky, they all talk ugly gooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parax family. Greetings and felicitations. I am Ron Collette, New England's own Van Helsing. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the Blonde Bombshell. And we're here at the elegant Benefit Hall, the Downton Abbey of Venice. And we would like to extend a formal invitation to you. To tune in every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. On Tokinet, Parax, Ghost Channel, and Planet Paranormal. You can even listen live on your smartphone with your TuneIn app. I'll catch the podcast on iTunes. And now, time for tea. Welcome back to part two of Ghost Chronicles International. You're listening live to The Nightmare Before Christmas with Catherine Parsons and the lovely St. Jan. And a singing penguin. You can hear it playing in the background. My husband is a child. You're just finding out now. Pardon? You're just finding that out now? No, I'm just pointing it out to the people who thought he was being an adult. Yeah. Well, they say Christmas is for children. Anyway. (laughs) Moved swiftly. <laughs> really going off on that one, anyway. Uh, you know, there's an interesting uh, 
story that we, we read on the Ghost Chronicles special, uh, which is available to uh, the Ghost Chronicle Next Generation special. It's a Christmas special. Um, you can see the video of it and me in my nightshirt and Anna in her cap. And uh, it's pretty cool. But this, this is a story that actually came from the U.K., and um, Steve, have you ever heard of it? I mean, you, you're pretty much familiar with most of the haunted places in the UK, I would assume. Well, is this the one we saw on the on, uh, This is the Mistletoe Bride in oh. Hampshire, England. Is Hampshire anywhere near you? Um, it's, it's probably a couple hundred miles. Oh, uh, okay. Do you ever hear of the uh, Mistletoe Bride? It's at the police academy. <sighs> Doesn't sound familiar, I must admit, but... Brahms Hill Hall? No. Brahms Hill Hall, excuse me. It's a police college. When you said the police academy and the the mistletoe bride, yes, it's familiar, but I don't actually recall the story. It's just one of those, I'm aware I've heard of it because the name's familiar. I don't know any of the details. Okay, well, if you're more interested, you can either pick up my book, Ghost Today, or you can tune in to Ghost Chronicles or download it uh, and uh, hear the whole story. It's written by, is read by Nathan. Uh, so there you go. You're not going to? No. Oh. I'm not telling it. I want to. Man. Well, that was a big, that was like Christmas, oh. wasn't it? A big build up to nothing. <laughs> well, it was like when you pulled your crack and there was nothing in it. <laughs> <laughs> Just a big bang. I would like to tell the story, can I? I'd like to hear it. Well, well, the story is that, and it goes back way in English history, probably like the 1600s or something like that. Stop it, Ronnie. Um, this was that a couple got married. They married on Christmas Day, and huh. after the wedding ceremony, they decided to play hide and seek. Well, they must have been 13 or 14 to want to play hide-and-seek, but they did that, and the bride went to a very secluded and unused part of the home, and she got into an oak chest, not realizing that when she lowered the lid, it locked. And they never found her, and 50 years later, they they did, you know, the descendants found her body in the um, chest, fingernail marks like the Alan Poe stories and she was still holding her um, Christmas mistletoe, mistletoe wedding wreath. Okay. Okay. Isn't that pathetic? Isn't that a sweet story? No. That's yeah. really sad. Isn't that a story that actually has been told for several locations in different versions? Mm-hmm. I think what we're dealing with, I don't want to spoil the... But there are several versions of that same story. That, that In 1953... Brown Hill House became a police college in the Oak Chest, and Anne still remain. Although the chief superintendent laughs at reports, many of the cadets admit of seeing Anne, the lady in white, most notably catching the sweeter rumor of her Christmas bouquet. There have been so many reports that Anne and other ghosts at the college that the administration keeps a detailed record of all sightings associated with the mansion. So if you have to be visible, I'm not disputing the fact that people might be seeing apparitions at the college, but that same story, like so, with so many road ghosts, uh, also comes from uh, Europe as well. Uh, there are versions of that same story, uh, the corpse bride story. In fact, the corpse bride 
that Tim Burton came up with is related to that very same story. Mm. And what you've got there, I think, is maybe a location that where people are having experiences, but somebody's woven a story around that. Uh, to get back to that... Um... He said they'd be poo-pooing it. He's such a spoiled sport. Mm. No, he's just talking. <laughs> Brides didn't start wearing white wedding gowns until Queen Victoria started it with her wedding dress. So if it's if this date is before Queen Victoria's wedding date, eighteen hundreds, yeah, um, eighteen twelve, something like that. She this was in eighteen fifty three. Eighteen fifty three. According to Nathan, it's seventeen twenty seven. So yeah, already... that's what I just saw on the. Uh, what does he know? Thing. He only read the story. I wrote it. And obviously only the very wealthy could afford white dresses. Does mistletoe have an aroma? Yes, it does. Does it? Yes, a Yankee Candle mistletoe. You wouldn't let me buy any mistletoe. Mm -hmm. Just in case the kid... Either way, way, there are several versions of that story that relate to the corpse bride. Um, Well, I'm not surprised. We have a saying around here. it's It's a good story. Yes, it is. It's like um, urban legend, you know. Every area has similar stories. Well, often people may have experiences as a location, and they're trying to, un- to come to terms with and understand their experience. And if the building has got any any history, or somebody tells a story, um, it becomes a fact. And it, it certainly is a fact that in several locations in the UK. Um, it's been possible to track down the original source of the story that is entirely separate from the haunting. Um, at this time of year, you know, I would think of Queen Anne Boleyn at Blickling mm. and the fact that she's always seen on Christmas. Ah, uh, she's seen everywhere. Uh, but <laughs> there is no evidence that, you know, every white lady isn't always Anne Boleyn, every headless horseman isn't on his way to Sleepy Hollow. You have you have myth and folklore wrapped around, and this great tradition of storytelling. When people, when Ethan heard noises in the attic, we created the bear in the attic story for him. And when people have experiences, others create stories that try to tie those experiences, relate those experiences to something that make it understandable. Those stories get written down over time; they get repeated; they become fact. Mm-hmm. Right, urban legend. Right. Anyway, the bear in the attic will be. Up. Wait a minute. Do you hear that jingling? Do you hear that jingling? Do I hear something on the roof, Ronnie? It is. Hello. It's Karina. It's it's Hi. it's our secret elf. Hello, <laughs> hello there, children. How's it going? <laughs> oh, Merry Christmas, Karina. Merry Christmas. Is it Christmas yet in so Texas? Much for dropping by. Oh, why, thank you. I, I, it's my pleasure. <laughs> and so, Karina, I, I had asked you before, but do you have a Christmas tradition besides delivering gifts to all good boys and bad boys and everybody who's naughty? <laughs> what about the girls? No. Yeah. They shoot, don't they shoot Santa in Texas? What? No, they don't. No. Shop things in Texas. No, they have a barbecue, Christmas barbecue. Yeah, that's what we do here. They, they yeah. cook reindeer. Yeah. <laughs> they have barbecue. Do you know, here. I I, thre- I threatened this year to serve um, to serve venison and put a glacé cherry onto the onto the plate and say it was Rudolph. 
Oh. Oh, good idea. Yeah, and he told Ethan he was going to do it. He was going to shoot one of Santa's reindeers. Oh, that's horrible. I know. You see your new side of him now. And paint Christmas Robin blue. Yes, and catch Christmas Robin who sits in the garden and paint his chest blue. Okay, the real truth about Steve is coming out. Uh, The Wall Street Journal will not be making any more calls to your host. (laughs) Sad. The gold stand is just added to tarnish, I think, Steve. Yeah. (laughs) It's like like gold snow. It it always was just fool's gold. (laughs) So, Rita, do you have tradition? Um, Not really. I mean... Really? We sometimes we will listen to Christmas music before we go out and um, drive around and look at all the really big houses and their lights. <laughs> oh, that's a tradition. That's cool. Yeah, that's we- usually Christmas Eve, but that's about it. <laughs> well, Christmas lights, when we were a kid, we used to do the same thing. And a lot of, especially in America, I don't know if they do that in the UK, cat, uh, but we decorate our houses uh, Some people quite a do. bit. Yeah. Yeah. They have contests in some neighborhoods to see who can outdo one another. Yeah, there is. They've they've passed new legislation in the UK where if you want to have that many Christmas lights in your house, you have to have an electrician install them. You can't do that. (laughs) Because the insurance company won't cover you. Wow. That spoils the fun a bit, doesn't it? It does. Government gets their hand in everywhere, doesn't it? <laughs> exactly. Well, that's it. Then this year in the UK, we have a new tradition um, that's coming in for the first time. On Boxing Day, our government is going to go around and take the presents. It's eighty percent presents back. That's <laughs> a Christmas tax. <laughs> After having paid them an extortionate amount of taxes in uh, today for the flights, I realised that everything in the UK is taxed. I'm just waiting for the taxman to knock on the door on Boxing Day and take eighty percent of the presents back. That's crazy. He is such a Scrooge. <laughs> you, you're, you're, you're sucking all of the fun out of this I show. I love Christmas. I know that there's a neighborhood down in Austin. Uh, the whole street, they have to, excuse me, they have to decorate their houses or else. Or <laughs> else? I don't know what happens, but um, but it's just, you know, the neighbors, they... They like the whole row of houses. They all decorate. It's it's a big thing in Austin. I forgot what the street is called, but it's pretty legit. Wow, that's that's pretty interesting. House decorating the the lights um, is certainly become very popular here now. You you start off with one or two, and then it spreads down the street. And the, before you, know, our local village um, just down the road from us at Rose Market has got an extraordinary display of lights this year. On a very small house. uh, That stemmed from, um, over the last four or five years, it's grown and grown and grown. And now they've got a huge display and all of the local houses nearby and opposite are all joining in. You know, it's be interesting if, uh, you know, photographs from, uh, like, the space station and so forth must be, it must be interesting at Christmas time. uh, I'd be curious to see what the difference is if they have like a before or an after, you know, like, uh, you know, January versus December 25th. I mean, it's it's amazing if they just showed photographs of uh, North Korea and you can see like uh, China is all lit up and South Korea is all lit up. And there's this huge dark spot with just like 
two or three twinkly lights in it. And that's North Korea. That's how bad it, it is. It, it is now. It is now. I think they've got the... If you're listening to us in North Korea, welcome back to the internet. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. they got to wind it up again. <laughs> After they had a temporary outage that lasted how long? Ten hours. Yeah, don't mess with the West. That's right. Yeah, if you say so. Because you won't get Facebook back. <laughs> but anyway. And we'll continue to make fun of your uh, leader. So. Yeah. <laughs> Karina, are you still there? Well, have you seen his haircut? I mean, come nope, on. Yes. Okay. Oh. oh well, you are here. Yeah, yeah. So, I am here. How can you possibly run a country with a haircut like that? I don't know. Well, you know. I don't They know. all wear the same pajamas, so what do you want? Um, <laughs> so, anyway, uh, Karina, I was going to ask, does Tojinet have a big Christmas party? And why weren't we invited? That was the second question I was about to ask that. Um, Tojinet, we do not have a big Christmas party. Our little Christmas really? gathering was today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we had um, brownies and dip and um, Chick-fil-A nugget pinkies. Ah, that was amazing. <laughs> right. yeah, well, well, won't the mothers miss their brownies? No expense was spared, I take it. <laughs> I made um, the brownies. Well, we just like to pitch and we had a big Thanksgiving dinner, but that's about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, now, before Sto- Steve had joined the show and before you had joined TojiNet, um, I remember that the previous owner of the Martins used to uh, throw a big gig, and uh, they you could actually go there, and they had a party, and uh, they used oh, yeah. to rent out a place. So it was quite an amazing gig. Now uh, They had I'm it at just... the Miranda Lambert um, wine store. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Those were good times. Oh, well. Yeah, I saw the pictures. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> God bless the Martins, wherever they are. So, Karina, thank you so much for dropping by. Thank you for having me on. Actually, Ron, I think we should also thank Karina for looking after us this past year and put all yes. put on with us for this past year. Well, yeah, yeah. she, she's been with us on almost every show in the background. Yep. The unsung heroine of Ghost Chronicles International. Aw, yeah. So do we have to put a picture on the stupid poster now? Yeah. <laughs> yes, See, it just awesome. goes to show that... We've got we've got St. Janice and Catherine on tonight, but you know, behind each each of us, there's there's always a woman, isn't there? Even behind the show, pulling <laughs> the strings. Right. Yeah, we have to keep I, you in your place. I try to keep them in front of me so I can keep an eye on them. Oh dear. <laughs> what? What do you say to that? <laughs> I'm, say, I'm saying nothing because I know how hard St. John has to work to put it on. Anyway, so, uh, believe it or not, we still have a lot of time left. <laughs> <laughs> you do, actually. You really do. Yes, that's a shame. So, anyways, do you have my mother the car in the UK? <laughs> what? It was a TV show back back in the early 60s and it was all about this man who had a car in the garage and the spirit of his mother haunted the car and she would talk to him through the radio yeah god that sounds interesting 
cross between Mr. Ed. <laughs> a real American classic, by the way. Uh, yeah. yeah. I have never come across that programme, but I'm interested in it now. What, a cross between Mr. Ed and, and Christine? That's right, yep, that's right. Yeah. Well, no, because it's a, a spirit, not a hot, talking horse. But the car is just the modern horse. Uh, I don't know. I can't say. Mr. Ed wasn't possessed, was he? Oh, no. It was a horse who talked. There you That's go. Right. Of course it was a horse. Of course. Horse. Of course. Of course. Of course. And, and, of course, we have the first, one of the best uh, ghost shows originally was uh, Topper. Uh, and oh, yes. uh, that was uh, the Kirbys, uh, Marion and... Cosmo. No, Cosmo Topper was Cosmo. Oh. Uh, the the Kirby's and their drunken Saint Bernard were killed in an avalanche, and they he moved into their apartment with his wife, and uh, they took a liking to him, and so he could see them, and so they would have all these adventures. Uh, Cosmo Topper and his uh, dead spirits. <laughs> Another American classic. I actually have some of those on DVD, and I would be happy to send those over to you. Well, I look forward to bringing them back in my suitcase. <laughs> you know, I've just had a thought, something um, that it's a Christmas tradition. It's the night before Christmas uh, Eve, and there are four five of us on if we count Karina. I don't know how many verses there are in this damn poem, uh, but I think we should take it in turns and... Waste a few minutes by doing... Wait a minute, you're assuming that we know that poem. (laughs) It's the night before Christmas, if you don't. Quickly, uh, go on the internet and get the words like we've just done. (laughs) Are you serious? I've got to go on the internet and work? (laughs) Go to blackdog.net. Go to blackdog.net, the words are there. Anyway, here we go. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait wait till I get the words. All right, come on, Karina, catch up. Wait a minute. We'll take the first verse. No, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> what is it? Is there really words to this? Yeah. Twas the night before Christmas and wait, all wait a of them. Wait a minute, do you house. know them? Do you know them? Not all of them, no. We should do. It's a Christmas tradition. Yeah. It is not. The President, President Roosevelt used to read it to his uh, grandchildren in the White House. What does he know? <laughs> are we... Are we wait are a minute, no, no, I'm trying to find it. Don't, don't dare do that to me. <laughs> Are we all in the same hymn book? No, I can't find it. Hang on. Christmas poems. Oh, I'm getting a spam. That's not working. <laughs> and he doesn't need Viagra. <laughs> not at least. Funny. Ah, ha, ha. Is he panicking? Okay, <laughs> okay Karina, Karina, are you ready? Is our Christmas elf ready? Oh, yes, yes. Wait, wait, no, 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 I'm not ready. Oh, I got it. God. All right, so what are we doing? Every, we'll uh, start. We'll start. All right. All right. We'll, all, we'll all finish together with the reindeer. How about that? No, there's more after oh, that. Oh, all right, well, we'll all do the reindeer. <laughs> it shows the last time you read it. It was the night before Christmas. When the show all... is going down in tubes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Take two. Take two. If you're listening to the podcast, I apologise. Take two. It was the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was staring, not even mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in the hopes that St Nicholas soon would be there. The children were all nestled, snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. 
when out on the lawn there arose such a clatter. I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash to open the shutters and throw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new fallen snow gave the luster to midday to objects below. When what should my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer with a little old driver so lively and quick I knew in a minute it must be that little I mean St. Nick (laughs) (laughs) more rapid than eagles his horses they came and he whistled and shouted and called them by name now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen and Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen and Rudolph and Stupid <laughs> to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall now dash away, dash away, sod off you all <laughs> As dryly as before the wild hurricane fly when they meet with an obstacle mount to the sky I thought that's an ostrich So up to the housetop of course as they flew the prancing and parring of each little hoof as I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. Go ahead, Ron, here's somebody. He was dressed in all fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with asses and soot. Ashes. Ashes, what I said. A bundle of toys was slung on his back. He looked like a peddler just opened his sack. His eyes had to twinkle, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His nose was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. Corinna. Of his pipe, he he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had had a broad face and a jolly round belly. Berry? Berry. (laughs) It shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. <laughs> I winked up his eye and a twist of his head. It soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work, and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk, and laying his fingers aside of his nose, and giving a nod up the chimney, he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, here he drove out of sight. Happy Happy Christmas Christmas to all and all the good night. (laughs) But the timing means that we've now got... Really bad! On the podcast, we've now got six minutes of silence. Yes. Silence? Yeah. Why? we see, Karina can edit out the next six minutes because no deal of listening, because they'll all think that we've just finished. <laughs> because we've all said Merry Christmas to all and to all and good night, but we've still got four minutes of the show to go. Oh, there you go. So, as nobody's listening... <laughs> we can go ahead. <laughs> we have about seven. <laughs> oh, dear. You... But that's a great poem. Ethan has me read it to him every night at the moment. It was a great poem, Jan, until we just wrecked it. <laughs> well, certainly better than, you know, Hoville and, you know, all that type of stuff, the Grinches and everything. Two minutes. Thank God there was the pe- the mince pie bell. Mince pie bell? Yeah, it's a mince pie bell. Two minutes. So looking forward to pizza. Well, I know we've only got two minutes to go. Um, I think, Ron, 
Jan, Karina, yes. and to everybody that's been listening yes. through 2014, from from me and my family and all of the ghost hunting community here in the UK, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and we will be seeing you in 2015 and hope that all your ghosts are nice ghosts. Right back at you, Steve and Kat. I'm looking forward to the day that Kat and I get to meet in person and I hope I get to meet the little kids too. And Merry Christmas and all our love out to everybody. I hope I see you all. <laughs> come up at the same time, Karina. Yay! Yes, and I didn't mean to leave you out, Karina. I'm sorry. Oh, that's fine. No worries. <laughs> it's normally my job being left out. <laughs> hey, listen, we've just got 80 seconds to go. No, we don't. We have like 6,000 minutes. Do we? Well, you yeah. see, the beauty of the podcast is they can't hear any of this. We're getting ready for the second episode. Yeah, you see, the podcast don't know. Anyways, so, anyways, I want to thank everybody for uh, doing whatever they did and listening to the show because it was just simply amazing. Uh, I could feel all the uh, energy out there of people. The love. Just, yeah, the love coming across the airways. So um, we want to thank everybody to t- that tuned in and uh, wish them a very... Uh, whatever it is. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. That too. And God willing, we'll be back in 2015. We will? Well. So is that it? Yeah. All right. Good night. God bless. Good night. God bless. Merry Christmas, everybody. Ho, ho, ho. Dreamy giant. (laughs) How long have we got to go now? That's the third ending for this show. (laughs) Oh boy. Have they gone? Not yet. <laughs> Is it over? Not yet. Can we get the eggnog out now? Please. <laughs> I want some of Jan's to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.